Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. We are now going into the third era of Alice Cooper's history, the lost era. Name that for several reasons, which we'll go into in just a moment. But I am sick of doing these intros by myself, so I decided to contact uh, a fellow podcaster, the one of the hosts of Decibel Geek, Chris Senzak. How are you, sir? Great. How are you, man? I'm good. And uh, congratulations on your continued world domination of the rock podcast genre. Oh, yes. It, it pays very well. <laughs> Weren't you ranked uh, somewhat high according to iTunes recently? Yeah, recently we were – at one point we were number six in the world. That's great. So just in case, uh, we, we're definitely getting some new listeners from all over the world on this Alice Cooper series from – couple Alice Cooper uh, groups that I know you're a part of too. So just in case people don't know what Decibel Geek's all about, why don't you, why don't you plug it real quick? Well, we are a weekly hard rock and heavy metal podcast. We cover all eras pretty much from the late 60s through today. We've done and we do interviews. We do theme shows, top five shows, year in review shows. Uh, we'll do these things called Albums Unleashed and we'll talk about a particular one that's relevant to this discussion in a minute um and uh we've had a great time we uh we are just coming up on our five-year anniversary and aaron camaro is my co-host mm-hmm. um i i couldn't ask for a better co-host so yeah the, the, and, and, and i didn't invite you here just to to have you plug your show for 20 minutes the um oh the, well, never mind then yeah well the reason is is that you have the, the alice cooper era the lost era goes from 1980 to 83 and covers the album's Flush the Fashion, Special Forces, Zipper Catches Skin, and Dada. And the last album is inspired me to reach out to you. Why don't you, uh, who did you interview in, in regards to that album? Well, it would have been cool to interview Alice, but although I don't, it'd be kind of a boring interview because he it would be. What about this track? I forget. What about <laughs> exactly? Uh, but no, we interviewed the person that was also as uh, heavy a part of the songwriting as Alice, and that was Dick Wagner. Uh, the late great Dick Wagner. We sat down for a good two hours and talked about Dada uh, in full, track by track, and uh, just every story you could ever want to know about the album. And even got his take on some, you know, fan fan theories of what the songs mean. And it was uh, it's one of our, one of our most proud moments on the show. And we're just so happy to have the chance to talk to him before he passed away. And we were actually. 
really close to getting it worked out to do a uh, albums unleashed on from the inside, and then he passed away before we could do it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That've been a great one too. Uh, he was excited to do it because he really was proud of that album. Yeah. So, and for you, Alice Cooper uh, newbies who have just kind of don't know everything about it, uh, I was told from some some feedback from the last episode that we never actually mentioned. You know, that Dick Wagner is the guitarist during the Alice Cooper solo period forward, and mm-hmm. did about seventy, approximately seventy or so co-writes, primarily in the. 70s up to 83 but then also throughout the rest of his career too yeah and he had a he had a little bit of a period in the early 80s where he wasn't on board and then he came back because for flesh the fashion he wasn't on he wasn't a part of that record that was davy johnstone doing most of the work and i think he may have written a little bit for uh special forces but he was not uh i'm looking at the list now no actually he wasn't involved with special forces either. he came back with uh Zipper, and then also, of course, was a heavy part of uh, Dada. Right. So, so basically, if you start going back in, in Alice Cooper's discography, if you just look at the you know writing credits, you'll usually see on the songs that are great, Cooper slash Wagner. Yeah, they were, they were a hell of a team. Yeah. What do you? What are your thoughts on this era in general? It's. It's. I think my first thought is that that it is maybe my favorite era of Alice Cooper's career. And it's which is not a popular answer among fans because I know there's a lot of people that are not big fans of this era of his music cuz he was very either you could say he was being experimental or you could say he was selling out and trying to be new wave or punkish or but, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing at all. I think a lot of it was he was lost in a haze of drugs and alcohol. Have you seen some of that Tomorrow show oh, interview yeah. with Watched Tom it. Snyder? Numerous times, I am I am obsessed with this era as far as like watching videos, and there's not nearly enough videos from this era either. He's basically a talking cadaver with with mascara. Oh yeah, he, he he looked. <laughs> it's funny all the makeup that he wore through the seventies. He didn't even come close to looking as frightening as he did in the early eighties. <laughs> got that right. It was he, a weird he, look. And and you know, and then when you find out, you know, now in hindsight, you look at the story. Um, it's heartbreaking to see what he was going through. I mean, it's it's really a testament that to his own will that that he's even alive right now. I mean, because you look at that old video and it's like, there's no way this guy should have lived through this. Yeah, and 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 that's the whole thing. I mean, we'll just we'll just do the the reveal. I mean, basically during this period, to give you a precursor for the the show once it kicks in. Yeah. I mean, he was smoking crack. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was an innovator. He was an innovator in the seventies. And then, then, uh, he was doing crack before it was really popular. Yeah, he was. And, uh, thanks to good old, uh, Bernie Toppin for getting him into that, I guess. Exactly. He's yeah. his co-writer on from the inside, but, well, um, yeah, but maybe it was like, I'm working with Elton John's writer. I must be on crack. Well, wait a <laughs> And he was. <laughs> so, okay. So that's the general view. And, and, but did it become really your, your favorite era immediately or to become kind of like an acquired taste? Oh, totally an acquired taste. In the weeks leading up to interviewing Dick Wagner, just for the general chit-chat, I started listening to all of his material with Alice. I was never a giant Alice fan. Um, I was more of a Kiss fan, and I liked a few songs, but I didn't I didn't really dig into catalog. And then I started listening to all the stuff Dick did with him and just completely fell in love with it. Like, within a week, I knew every song and every album from this period. And you went deep quick. Oh, dude, I loved it so much. I couldn't stop listening to it. And then, you know, and then Dada in particular, um, it was just so, it's such an out of left field album. And 
it's just it's bizarre and it's deranged and it, it's it's definitely not a hard rock album in the least it's way more esoteric than anything he's probably done before or since but there's just so there's such a weird odd charm to the to the album and to the sound of it and then of course Al, alice is also a master at writing tongue-in-cheek lyrics and there's lots of those in the album oh you got that right i mean for me and it will go i'll throw it back to you in a second for me basically if you wanted to do the the best of this era and and i would just basically just play dada <laughs> for the most part for the majority just, that's not fair i mean because there are moments of greatness on the other ones too moments so what are some of those good moments well, uh, in particular, like Flush the Fashion has uh, We're All Clones, which is a great song. Pain, I think, is one of the best songs he's ever done. Agreed. It's, it's just a, it's a cool song, and it's a great description of what pain is and the yeah. fact that he's writing the song from the viewpoint of pain. you know. And it's, a, it's an autobiographical song because I have a feeling he was going through a hell of a lot at the time. Sure. Uh, and Clones is great, and if you've never heard the Smashing Pumpkins cover, I urge you to listen to that because it's great. I guess what I like about this era is he's got so many songs that – You've ne- you never hear any other era with anything like it, and it's it's an incredibly unique part of his career. Let's talk a little bit about Zipper Catches Skin, which came out in '82. This one gets a lot of hate, and I guess in a way it it kind of deserves it in a way. Um, but I think it's got really interesting moments on it. Zorro's Ascent is a cool tune. <laughs> Uh, you don't like Zorro's Ascent? <laughs> I just like reading the, the name of the songs, like No Baloney Homo Sapiens and what's the other one on there? Uh, Scrooge's Sonny. <laughs> what the f- You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, well, it actually, you know, your guest on the show, Joey, um, I've heard him play this and I agree with him completely on it. The fact that he never played I Better Be Good live is is ridiculous. Like I Better Be Good, if you had heavied up the sound on that, make bring the guitars up, make it a lot louder, it could have been a great live song. I wish he I just wish he would play around with a couple of these songs from this era live, but he never does. If I ain't cool, my daddy gonna send me to military school. If I ain't nice, my girl gonna freeze me in cold sugar ice. If I'm really late, my teacher gonna use me for alligator bay. So, I better be good. I better be good. If I jump on the gas, the copper's gonna jump all over my back. If I smoke too much, the doctor says it's gonna put my lungs in a crutch. If I'm caught out my pants, the toilet's dead, it's gonna shoot until he sees you dance. So, I better be good. I had better be good. You better be nice. 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 Better be nice tonight. If I spray it on the seat, lady gonna tie a big knot in the meat. If I speed too fast, love gonna stick my wrangler in a cast. If zipper grab skin, I know I had it out when I should have kicked it in. Out! I better be good. I better be good. I better be good. Oh. Let me get to my favorite album and favorite track, and they're both from Dada, which Dada, in my opinion, is one of the coolest rock records ever released and way underrated. More people need to hear it. 
Um, not even so much new wave. This is honestly Alice Cooper really being himself at the time because if you listen to our albums Unleashed on it that we did with Dick Wagner, he agreed with us that it's a period of time where Warner Brothers really just wanted him to fulfill the contract and just give an album. They didn't even care if it was good or not. So they weren't they weren't getting pressured by the label to do a certain type of sound or anything. They were just like, fulfill your contract so we can drop you. <laughs> it's true. And um, and the and, fact that he got Ezrin at, at that tail end of it is pretty cool. Well, they had to bring Ezrin back on board because Alice was such a complete mess at his house in Phoenix that he wouldn't even leave the house. Huh. And Bob was brought back on board and he told Dick to go to Phoenix to get Alice out of his funk and bring him up to Canada to do the record. Because Alice was pretty much getting ready to kill himself at that point with booze and drugs. And uh, so Dick went down to his house and lived in his house. And I'm giving away too much from our episode. But Dick stayed at his house for like four days and would just start writing songs. And every now and then Alice would walk out of his bedroom and, and listen for a few minutes and then go back in. And it took a few days to finally get him warmed up to want to go to Canada. And they he got him up there. You know, to go into Dada a little bit more... Why don't you tell me what you think the story is? Because to me, the story is like the first three tracks, and then it just goes all over the place. Well, this, there's a lot of different theories about what the album is about. Um, but uh, honestly, what, what Dick Wagner had told us was overall the theme of it was leaving Warner Brothers is what it was. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that at first. Well, like formerly warmer. I mean, that was ah. formerly Warner. If he put formerly Warner, it would have really pissed him off. Formerly Warner, an old smoking jacket, holes in his satin sleeves. Candlelit puddles, arthritic fingers, yellow stained ivory keys. <sighs> And then enough's enough. Well, we see where that comes from. I mean, but then sure. there's so there's stories within the songs, though. Um, and there, one of the more interesting one was this guy online who did a whole breakdown of what he thought it was, and he thought the story was a multiple personality story told from the perspective of the character named Sonny, because the name Sonny comes up through numerous songs in the album, and you know, and it's different personalities that have that are going through all of these stories. So it's like you're following this guy on his adventures with that are inside of his own head. I can see that because it, it definitely bounces around. All of a sudden, he's at a mall. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's selling cars. He's, yeah, <laughs> it's different right. adventures going on with this one crazy character. But like I said, Scarlet and Sheba. That that there's a story that involves some. Uh, some ladies. Some ladies that were at the hotel when they were writing the album. And that song in particular is about a real-life thing. Yeah, so in summary, your favorite album is obviously Dada. What about least favorite album? I guess I'd have to say Zipper Catch a Skin. Got it. Yeah, that, that, the, the way I can sum that album up is when Zipper Catch a Skin is the same pleasure I have listening to that album. <laughs> 
It's got, I mean, like I said, it's got moments, but overall, it's the one I go back to the least. And, I, and when I asked Dick Wagner about that album, he all he really had to say about it was, that album had kind of a cocaine overdraft to it. <laughs> kind of says it all, doesn't it? How do you want to summarize this? Well, overall, my, my you know, in my opinion, this era is is definitely you would you have to say it, it qualifies as the most interesting period of his career. Um, uh, overall, it's probably the one I listen to the most. But I will take this era and the the era from '75 to to from the inside. I will take both of those eras over the original Alice Cooper group any day. All right, you've you've heard it from Chris Zinzak that he is uh, he is dismissing the original first five albums. I am not saying that. <laughs> is that what, what are you saying then? You're just saying that these are better. I thought, yeah, I am saying they're better, but I, I do like the original group, but I, I will take the solo Alice over the original group. Okay, so you've heard it from here, from Chris, that uh, he is taking both of these eras and dismissing the works of the, uh, the Alice Cooper group. We're going to have a talk. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for coming on the show, Chris. Hey, ha- thanks for having me. Well, now we'll move on to the what lost I call the era. lost period, and I, I and as, as we're all in agreement, his best stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pounce all over you guys on this. <laughs> that's what you're gonna do. And, no, no, uh, no, and not no, not to no. spoil. I'm not gonna spoil the documentary, but there is probably the greatest and most shocking Alice reveal ever from that era. In the documentary, so go watch it. It'll explain quite a few things. I can't. I can't wait because, for me, actually, you know, <clears throat> for you young kids out there, you won't understand this, but at one point, all the music in the world was not easily found or available at yeah. the uh, the touch of the button. And in the late nineties, I had, <clears throat> uh, I, you know, you couldn't. It wasn't everywhere you would just go and you'd see a discography. You kind of had to figure out sometimes how many albums an artist would had. You had to do a little bit of investigating. There wasn't like mm-hmm. a, a book. And I had found a, a, these, this list of imports, and I don't know, Circus or one of these magazines that said, "Oh, here's an album by by the Lost Era." Actually, starts from me with Lace and Whiskey and from the inside because I could not find them anywhere. So I, I actually yeah. got the imports of that Zipper, Flush the Fashion. And and Dada and um, I'm forgetting one. Special what, forces. Spe- special forces. I got all those, and <laughs> when I got them, for the most part, I was like, "Oh, I think I know why I couldn't find most of these." It, it's they're <laughs> interesting first listens. That's for sure. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and, and the other part was is this, and I call it the lost era too. Is this is kind of where he fell off the radar in, in the U.S. at least. If I, oh yeah, right. Yeah. He just his sales went everywhere, and uh, why don't you pick it up? Because you're you're more of a historian, Joey, of what oh, kind of okay. happened right now. From uh, I guess from was Flush first? Yeah, Flush is first. Yeah, I'm merely a third degree black belt analyst. It's okay, not a big enough. deal. But uh, yeah, Flush the fashion, and I'm always going to be baffled uh, to the lack of success that the clone single had because you're coming in in 1980, and and you know. You got Roy Thomas Baker producing, who did Queen and the and was doing the Cars at the time, so he had that Cars sound, which is very blatant on that on Clones, uh, to me at least. A little Gary Newman, a little bit Cars. I got a question kind of though: thing. is that a yeah. cover or is that his song? 
It is as far as I as far as I know, it was originally recorded by him, but it was not written by him. So it's one of those. It's a kind of a loose cover in that sense. No, no pun intended. Loose. That's a cool song. Like I said, baffled as to the lack of – that's just radio not paying to have it played at the time because that would have been a hit. Easily. No, I can, I can see that. It definitely fit under the, the time. Yeah, and I love when they play it live. They don't play it every tour, but when they do, it's special. I've when only I, seen it once, and I was shocked when they played it a couple years ago, maybe four I, years ago. First time I saw – I saw I saw recently. Alice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With Orion, with, Last time Orianthi was on tour with them, it was in the set. So that's your favorite? Uh, not my favorite of that era. Sorry, I rambled on too much about that. But I, I can find good in all of these albums, and, and Special Forces maybe not as much. My oh, yeah. least favorite. My I'll just go ahead and say my least favorite album of this era, Special Forces. I mess. like a few mess. I like yeah, it is. Uh, there's a and it, they should have kept uh, look at you over there ripping the sawdust from my teddy bear, which was on the box set. That should have stayed on the album because it was so into the final cut that it made the print on the back of the record. And at least on most pressings, it did. But, you know, and I love Don't Talk Old to Me off of that. That's the best song on that record. Did you but, find these local or did you have to send away oh, from them? Man, I, I didn't send away, but I went to, you know, I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, I live between both of the cities. So I visited every crazy record store that carried import CDs to finally finish this collection. It took me years. So, yeah, I, I feel your pain, man. I didn't send away from him, but I, I did the driving work to get these damn things. You don't think part uh, of the problem with, like, uh, Flush the Fashioning Clones, which is the only record from these that I'm, I'm familiar with, um, part of the problem with it was that, you know, you, you have an artist like Alice Cooper who has this big track record, and now things are changing, and he's not young, and he's not current, and he's trying to sound like what is. I, I think that's a failure for success for almost any artist. Yeah, everybody this, in yeah. everybody in 1980, probably with the exception of Tom Waits, hit the panic button hard in 1980, and Alice was no exception. Sure, no, I, I actually think it, it was more extreme. And like, I mean, 
I, I think it makes Kiss's disco dynasty kind of sound seem, you know, like a, a subtle, like di- dipping their toe into the, you yeah. know, by comparison. Yeah. He went full in. Uh, I mean, he committed, I guess. But and I, 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 as a fan of any artist, I don't have a problem with that. I kind of like when you, you you mix things up and try things differently. But you can almost sense, you know, I don't know, career-wise, these things almost never work. So, but I, I had never heard of Flush the Fashion until about 1990 when a, a friend of mine who's uh, a collector of all things Alice picked it up at a used record store, and I couldn't believe just looking at it. And then when he played it for me, and he, you know, he he, he played me the song Clones, I just there's nothing wrong with the song, but it was like, this is fucking Alice Cooper. You Joey, so what's your favorite song and and uh, favorite and least favorite album? Favorite song, this one I think by a mile is <clears throat> the best song of this entire era. And you know, I gave it up for Clones. It's a great song, but it's uh, there's a song once again, like I did on the last era, the very last song on the very last album of this era on Dada. There's a song called "Pass the Gun Around." You took my which, pick. Well done. Oh, well yeah. done. That was a good oh, pick. I have I'll a backup. No, I got a backup. Go ahead. 
Okay. Pass the Gun Around is as good of a song as any song he's ever put out, and that includes stuff from the original band era. This this the song is a masterpiece. Everything about it's great. It's it's a true Alice Dick Wagner, you know, co write. Uh, you know, even though everybody was not at their best health wise, even Ezrin, they between this and Scarlet and Sheba, they came up with two amazing epics for this album that is, you know, considered a failure and is a failure. But Pass a Gun Around is a five star song. Uh, from an era that nobody cares about. But you play that song on its own for somebody, I think it could convince people on Alice Cooper without hearing anything else. It's just an amazing song. Amazing guitar solo, too. It's one of Dick's best. It's like a uh, um, Comfortably Numb-esque, I mean, like like level yeah. of awesomeness. Yeah, and it's it's catchy, too. It's dark as hell, but that chorus is amazing. I'll, uh, just, I'll just jump in there too because because I was picking that song. I just got the lyrics in front of me. This was another one of these that would just disturb me <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I heard it the first time. Just Sonny wakes up in the morning feeling kind of sick, needs a little Stoli vodka, needs it really quick. Uh, the second part, I, I wake up watching cartoons, the television's on, there's a couple party balloons, and all my money's gone. And then the last part where it says, uh, There's more blood coming up. <laughs> there isn't any blood in this one, amazingly. Sonny, good guess, though. Sonny wakes up in the morning. There's a stranger in his bed. Someone's pounding on the hotel door. He wishes he was dead. I've had so much, so many blackout nights before. I don't think I can take this anymore. Pass the gun around. Give everybody a shot. Which, you know, the first time you hear it, you don't know. Then you know it's the bottle. Sonny wakes up in the morning feeling kind of sick. Needs a little stolen vodka. Needs it really quick. Sees a little blood run from his eyes Feels a little hotel paralyzed Watching cartoons, the television's on. There's a couple of party balloons, and all my money's gone. She was just a reason to unwind, and actually the last thing I could
wakes up in the morning, there's a stranger in his bed. Someone's pounding on the hotel door, he wishes he was dead. be really cool if you know like a rhino who has the rights to put out these records to make a really amazing one disc of this era and no one's ever thought to do that i don't think they've thought to do it you could do one disc. I, I love america that's a oh yeah hilarious song yeah stuff like formerly warmer throw in uh, you know like i would put a lot of dada stuff on there like i said and, and <laughs> yeah. talk talk and clones and oh pain Pain deserves a massive mention. I, I hope that's your pick, but if it it's is, not, it is. Pain's my. Thank you. Go ahead. Take it away. Take yeah, it away. Yeah, yeah. So, so real quick, uh, <laughs> pain is the uh, the bright, uh, shining uh, light in the the cave of despair uh, for me during the, this this era. That and, and you know, a few select tracks, but flush the fashion zipper. I like for me. I like nothing on e- either of those albums. I actually went back to them about a couple months ago, and I'm like, no, no, no. I forgot this song. <laughs> I forgot this song, Pain. What a great fucking song. I mean, it has everything you... It's a cool concept, the fact that Pain is, you know, like basically like death or whatever, like the character of death. It's a character. And the fact that it's funny, you know, like it, like it does a bunch of things and it's like the bump on your head when you step on a rake.
Thank you for picking Pain, because that and Pass the Gun Around are two amazing classic gems that, you know, no one's ever heard them, and they should. They're yep. they're genius. Genius. I will say genius, and I don't use that term loosely. So, by that rationale, I'd have to say my favorite album from this era is Dada. Yep. And I can just make it easy, too, so we can move it to Baco, too. My my favorite is also Dada, which is a huge grower. Of all the lost ones that I that I purchased... I really yeah. liked, and again, I know it doesn't fit in our era on the show, but From the Inside is my favorite if I wanted to think of that being my era. The one I had to get imports for. But yeah. in this one that we're making for the show, it's it's Dada. And I like about half of it, and and the half I like, I really do like, uh, like I yeah. just mentioned. But the, and of course, my, my favorite song was the Pass the Gun Around and Pain. And my least favorite of this is special forces i mean i can at least make it through flush and zipper but flush the forces is just just there, there's nothing there for me the only song that, I can that was a good half... Freudian. that was a good Freudian slip flush the forces that's did i say flush? <laughs> yeah no Perfect. but it works it totally makes sense go ahead bako take it <clears throat> well when these records are do you even have out, these i should say uh, okay, i'm gonna get to that you listen to them go ahead um I really enjoyed Hall and Oates around this time. I think uh, H2O was their big album. Did you really? Um, it was. I love. Great. I love Hall and Oates. I got tickets to see him. And uh, and of course Kiss. Other than that, I wasn't listening to too much. Um, this guy. You know I just want. I want to jump in here real quick. Baco is is. I will tell you, he's he's very varied because just last weekend, what were the two bands you saw within forty eight hours of each other? Slayer and Fall Out Boy were the headliners. <laughs> the two different shows. <laughs> I did I did three shows in three days or three nights in a row. I've never done that before. I did that last year. What was it? And and it was the Biters, Body awesome. Count, and Weird Al Yankovic. That's a cool That's triple. A nice little triple there. Yeah. You want me to just give you my picks? So uh, I'm gonna go with you guys on Special Forces, even though I've never heard it. I'm just gonna trust the experts. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, I have to pick Flush for Fashion. It's the only one I've heard all the way through, and the song would be Clones, but. You know, I should almost defer to our guest. Why don't you pick for me? I really these are my lost years when it comes to Alice Cooper. Say so, yeah, Scarlet and Sheba. It deserves another mention. Scarlet and Sheba is right. a, a yeah. fabulous Cooper eighty era Done. Song. Done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. This concludes the lost Alice Cooper era. We'll be back shortly to cover the eighties comeback where we discuss in full, constrictor, raise your fist and yell, trash, and hey stupid. Until next time, here's Scarlet and Shiva off of Dada. And remember, Rock's not dead. It's hiding. And you found it. Well done.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.